Welcome back to another episode of the Business English Podcast, your guide to navigating the corporate world while speaking the international language of commerce with clarity and confidence. I'm Rob, your host, and today we're diving into a topic that can be a game changer in your professional communication, arguing a point in business English. This one is going to be a beast, but once you've heard it, your professional communication will never be the same again. Imagine you're in the middle of a heated discussion. The stakes are high and the room is full of your peers and superiors, all waiting to hear what you have to say. Your palms are sweaty, knees weak, and we'll stop there just before we get a copyright claim, but you get the idea. However, your mind is clear because you know that today, right now, you'll not only argue your point effectively, but do it with the grace and precision that will have everyone in the room nodding in agreement or at least understanding your perspective. How do we achieve that? Stick with me, and that's precisely what we'll explore today. Arguing a point isn't just about proving you're right, it's an art form. It's about persuading others to see things from a different angle, and doing so in a way that's both compelling and respectful. In the business world, the ability to present your arguments cohesively, politely and convincingly can set you apart as a leader and a forward thinker. In today's episode, we'll walk through the phrases that will arm you with the eloquence of a skilled debater. We'll practice them together, dissect their use in real-world scenarios, and I'll share the secrets on how to use these phrases to their maximum effect. Not only that, but I'll also let you in on some common pitfalls, the phrases that can undermine your argument and how to avoid them. So, whether you're prepping for a board meeting, a negotiation, or just the daily discussions that come with the territory of being a professional, you're in the right place. By the end of our time today, you'll be equipped, ready to handle even the most challenging conversations with ease. Ready to talk the talk? Let's jump in and turn you into a master of arguments in business English. But first, our intro act. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Business English Podcast. Helping professionals communicate more effectively, more confidently and with impact. With your host, Rob, from Energetic English. Let's get down to business. All right, let's roll up our sleeves and get into the heart of the matter. The power of persuasion in business. Now, the concept of persuasion is a cornerstone of business communication. Whether you're trying to convince a client, rally your team, or get buy-in from your boss on a new idea, it's all about how you frame your argument. Before we jump in, remember I will be repeating every phrase twice, giving you the chance to repeat it, note it down, and internalize it. The pause is there for you, so do use it well. Right. Let's kick things off with a fundamental phrase. From my perspective. From my perspective. This is a wonderful way to introduce your viewpoint without dismissing others. Here's how you might use this in a real meeting. From my perspective, the current marketing strategy isn't targeting our key demographic effectively. This opens a floor to your viewpoint in a way that's non-confrontational and invites discussion. Okay, next up, let's try another essential phrase. 
I understand your point, but... I understand your point, but... This is the perfect way to acknowledge someone else's idea, whilst gently preparing to introduce your own contrasting one. It's crucial to show that you're listening before you redirect the conversation. Now, imagine you're in a budget meeting and your colleague suggests cutting costs in a way you disagree with. Here's how you'd respond. I understand your point, but cutting costs in this department could reduce the quality of our service significantly. Feeling comfortable? Okay, let's add a couple more phrases to your arsenal. How about, it seems to me that, it seems to me that. This phrase is a gentle opener for expressing an opinion. In context, you could say, it seems to me that we need to consider the long-term impact of this decision. Another strategic phrase is, I propose that. I propose that. This is not only about expressing an opinion, but putting forward a suggestion. In action, you might use it like this. I propose that we explore alternative suppliers to reduce costs. Lastly, let's look at a more assertive yet polite way to argue your point. I'm confident that. I'm confident that. In a scenario where you need to showcase strong assurance, you could argue, I'm confident that investing in customer service will increase our client retention rates. Now, I encourage you to try to use different intonations and emphasis to convey different levels of confidence and persuasion. Remember, the goal here is to express your point of view in a way that's convincing and respectful, setting the stage for a productive dialogue. These phrases are your tools to do just that. Now, stay with me as we venture into the next part of our journey, where we'll build your arguments even further, brick by brick, with logic and structure. Okay, let's move forward. Having a persuasive tone is one thing, but to really make an impact, you need to construct your arguments with the precision of an architect. This is what we call building your case, and it's essential in the boardroom, during negotiations, and in everyday professional interactions. A strong case is built on solid evidence and clear reasoning. So, how do we introduce our evidence? A phrase as simple as, the data suggests that, the data suggests that, can be incredibly powerful. Now, imagine you're presenting results from a recent survey. You could say, the data suggests that our customer satisfaction rates have doubled since implementing the new service protocol. Another phrase that carries weight is, based on our findings, based on our findings. It signals that you're about to present evidence from research or analysis you've conducted. Picture yourself in a strategy session discussing market trends, and you say, based on our findings, there's a significant opportunity to expand into the Asian market. Now, let's consider a scenario where you need to reference expert opinion or a specific source. The phrase, according to source, according to source. Does the job neatly. So, 
In a planning meeting, you might use it in such a way. According to the Harvard Business Review, companies that prioritize employee well-being see a marked increase in productivity. Moving on, there will be times when you need to cite historical success as a foundation for your argument. That's when we can use historically, we've seen that historically, we've seen that it could come in handy like this. Historically, we've seen that investing in technology upgrades has led to long-term cost savings. Now, let's add one more layer to your case-building toolkit. When proposing a change or a new idea, you can lead with the phrase, if we consider the benefits. If we consider the benefits. In use, this might sound like, if we consider the benefits, a flexible work policy could greatly improve our employee retention rates. Remember, these phrases are not just words strung together, they are the building blocks of a compelling case in the realm of business English. Use them wisely and they will serve you well. In the next part of our podcast, we'll delve into the nuances of agreeing and disagreeing politely. Now, before jumping into the next section, I wanted to take this opportunity to let you know that if you wanted to get more out of the Business English podcast, then that is possible. For example, full transcripts complete with timestamps so you never miss an expression, phrase-focused one-pages to quickly refresh your memory before that next last-minute meeting, pronunciation support to assist with the trickier elements of business English, live read-along transcripts, quizzes, and much more. If this sounds like it could be useful, then the Business English Podcast premium subscription could be for you. Check out the details at the link in the show notes. Right, on with the show. Well, we've learned how to introduce your point persuasively and how to build your case with logic and evidence. Now we're going to master a critical part of any discussion, navigating the waters of agreement and disagreement with grace. This is crucial because how you agree or disagree can significantly affect the outcome of your business interactions. Let's start with the delicate dance of disagreement. It's inevitable in the business world that not everybody is going to see eye to eye, and that's perfectly healthy in a dynamic work environment. The key is to disagree without being disagreeable. First up, a versatile phrase. I see your point, however. I see your point, however. This allows you to recognize someone's input before steering the conversation towards your perspective. Now, let's put this into a sentence. I see your point, however. I believe this approach aligns better with our long-term strategy. Next, we have a subtle way of introducing your different viewpoint. While I agree with what you're saying up to a point, I feel that... While I agree with what you're saying up to a point, I feel that... Now, in context, while I agree with what you're saying up to a point, 
I feel that we should consider the potential risks involved. Now, let's say you want to uphold your stance firmly without shutting down the other party. You might say, I understand where you're coming from, nonetheless. I understand where you're coming from, nonetheless. And in use, I understand where you're coming from, nonetheless, we must prioritise our current resource allocation. Sometimes you might find a point made by someone has some merit, but you believe there's more to consider. That's where you would use the phrase, that's a valid point, yet we must also think about, that's a valid point, yet we also must think about, And an example of how you might use this in a meeting could be, that's a valid point, yet we must also think about how this will affect our team's workload. Now, on the flip side, when you find yourself in agreement with someone but want to add more substance to the discussion, you can use absolutely and furthermore, absolutely and furthermore. This might come out in conversation as, Absolutely, and furthermore, this could open up opportunities for more collaborative projects across departments. Finally, if you want to build on what someone else has said, you can say, You make a good point. Building on that, I'd suggest. You make a good point. Building on that, I'd suggest. In application, it would look like. You make a good point. Building on that, I'd like to suggest we conduct a pilot program before a full rollout. Having these phrases at your disposal will help you navigate through conversations with professionalism and poise. Remember, arguing a point isn't about winning. It's about sharing ideas, challenging assumptions, and ultimately arriving at the best outcome through respectful dialogue. In our next section, we'll talk about counter-arguments and rebuttals, so stay tuned. Alright, as we continue to hone our business English prowess, we reach an essential skill in any professional's toolkit, the art of crafting counter-arguments and rebuttals. This is where the conversation gets really interesting, because it's not just about defending your position, but also about engaging with the opposing side in a way that is both strategic and respectful. Let's start with the basics. When faced with a counter-argument, a good starting point is to acknowledge it without immediately dismissing it. A helpful phrase here could be, that's an interesting take on it, however, that's an interesting take on it, however, By starting your sentence this way, you show that you're open to different perspectives, which is crucial for a healthy discussion. Now, if you find yourself needing to stand firm against a strong counterpoint, you might use, I understand the concern, but the evidence points to, I understand the concern, but the evidence points to, This not only shows empathy, but also redirects the conversation back to the data or facts that support your stance. Now, let's turn up the heat a bit. If you're presented with a series of points or arguments and need to address each one, 
you might say, let's take these points one by one. Let's take these points one by one. This statement sets the stage for a methodical and clear rebuttal to each point raised. When the time comes to present a direct rebuttal, clarity is key. A simple but effective way to introduce your counterarguments could be, on the contrary, what we've found is, on the contrary, what we've found is, This phrase clearly signals that you're about to present an opposing view or correct an inaccuracy. Lastly, there will be moments when you need to completely debunk a point. A strong but polite phrase to use could be, while this is a common perspective, it overlooks the fact that, whilst this is a common perspective, it overlooks the fact that, This allows you to point out where the argument falls short without being confrontational. You're equipping yourself with the language necessary to engage in thoughtful, impactful debates. Remember, it's not about winning, it's about exchanging ideas, refining strategies, and through this process, reaching the best solutions together. Up next, we'll be exploring how to gracefully conclude an argument and reach a consensus. Now, after navigating through the waves of discussion, counter-arguments and rebuttals, we arrive at a crucial destination, the conclusion of an argument. It's where the true skill of a business professional is displayed, not just in how they argue a point, but how they bring it to a close, aiming for a consensus or at least a respectful understanding. The first phrase I want you to consider is, taking all these points into consideration, Taking all these points into consideration, this is a fantastic way to start wrapping up a discussion. It shows that you've listened and you value what has been said, regardless of which side it came from. Now, using it in a sentence, it could sound like this. Taking all of these points into consideration, it seems we have several viable options to explore. Next. If you're ready to propose a resolution or a way forward, you might use the phrase, in light of this discussion, I propose, in light of this discussion, I propose, this is a great lead into offering a solution that hopefully accommodates the valid points raised throughout the conversation. For example, in light of this discussion, I propose we allocate resources to both projects but prioritise them according to demand. Another useful phrase is, to move forward, I suggest we, to move forward, I suggest we. This implies action and progress. In context, you might say, to move forward, I suggest we take a vote on the matter. Or perhaps we could table it for now and reconvene with more data. Now, consensus is often the goal, but it's not always achievable. In cases where you need to acknowledge ongoing disagreements without causing friction, you could say, We seem to have differing views, but what we can agree on is, We seem to have differing views, but what we can agree on is, 
An example of this in action would be, we seem to have differing views on the best approach to the marketing campaign, but what we can agree on is that we need a fresh strategy. At times, it's essential to highlight the shared goal or bigger picture to unify a group. You can say, ultimately, our shared goal is to... Ultimately, our shared goal is to... In use, it might sound like this. Ultimately, our shared goal is to enhance company performance and profitability. And lastly, to officially bring the argument to a close, a classic phrase to use is, let's agree to, let's agree to. This helps establish the next steps and shows a willingness to work together. And you might conclude with, let's agree to test both ideas in a small scale trial and review the results in next month's meeting. Now, think about how these phrases would work together in your meetings or negotiations. The ability to end on a collaborative note is just as important as how you conduct the argument itself. As we wrap up this section, remember that our objective in any business discussion is not to win in the traditional sense, but rather to reach the best outcome through collaboration and effective communication. With the phrases and approaches we've discussed so far, you should start to feel more confident in arguing your point professionally and productively. In the next section, we'll now be taking a look at what not to say in order to keep your dialogue as productive and professional as possible. All right, listeners, we've covered a lot of ground on how to argue a point effectively in business English. But just as important as knowing what to say is understanding what not to say. Certain phrases can undermine your argument, come off as aggressive or even disrespectful. Let's dive into some of these pitfalls so you can steer clear of them. First up, avoid absolutes like you're wrong or that's incorrect. These phrases shut down the conversation and can put the other person on the defensive. Instead, you might say, I think we might be looking at this differently. Let's examine the facts. I think we might be looking at this differently. Let's examine the facts. This way, you're opening up the conversation rather than closing it down. Another phrase to steer clear of is, that's your opinion. It discredits the other person's viewpoint outright. In place of this, try, I see where you're coming from, but here's another perspective. I see where you're coming from, but here's another perspective. This acknowledges their view without dismissing it and adds your viewpoint to the mix. Now, here's a classic no-go. That makes no sense. Not only is it dismissive, but it can also come across as insulting. A better approach would be, can you help me understand your point on this? Can you help me understand your point on this? It's non-confrontational and shows a willingness to listen. Now, be wary of the phrase, no offence, but. It's often followed by a comment that is indeed offensive, or at least perceived that way. Rather than using it, be direct yet polite. You might say something like, I'd like to offer a different viewpoint. I'd like to offer a different viewpoint. 
Lastly, the phrase, let's be realistic, can often sound condescending, as if you're the only one being practical. To convey a sense of realism without sounding patronising, you could say, let's consider the practical aspects of this situation. Let's consider the practical aspects of this situation. Take a moment now and reflect on these phrases. Consider how using the alternatives can change the tone of a conversation and possibly the outcome of an argument. If you have used any of these phrases in the past, don't worry. Now you have a toolbox of better options to choose from. Remember, in business as in life, it's not just what you say, but how you say it. The phrases you avoid can be just as important as the ones you use. With that in mind, continue to practice respectful and effective communication and you'll see the difference it makes in your professional interactions. That's all for this section. Keep these tips in mind and you'll not only be understood, but also respected in the business world. And just like that, ladies and gentlemen, we are drawing the curtains on today's episode of the Business English Podcast. As we conclude, let's take a moment to encapsulate what we've learned about arguing a point with finesse in the language of global business. We embarked on this journey with an understanding that arguing a point doesn't have to be an uphill battle. It's a dance of intellect and tact, a showcase of your professional decorum as much as your persuasive prowess. The English language, with its rich tapestry of expressions, allows us to navigate through disagreements with poise and respect. Incorporate these expressions into your everyday business interactions. Practice them in front of the mirror, with a colleague, or during your commute. The more you use them, the more natural they'll become, and the more effectively you'll be able to argue your points in English. If you found today's podcast helpful, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with a colleague, a friend, or anyone looking to sharpen their business English skills. Together, we can all become more persuasive and effective communicators in the workplace. Remember, every conversation is an opportunity to learn and grow. I'm Rob, and it's been a pleasure to guide you through arguing a point in business English. Join me again next time, where we'll decode another aspect of the business world through the lens of English communication. Until then, practice diligently, speak boldly, and of course, keep it strictly business. You have been listening to the Business English Podcast. Remember to subscribe, leave a review, and we'll see you next time.